occurs when cities allow certain properties to become desolate. In many cases, it is done intentionally to drive property values down so that they can be purchased cheap and then redeveloped, which increases property taxes and driving out existing property owners who cannot afford to, who can no longer afford to stay in that particular community. It is a practice that has been used by many cities. Cities and developers know that the property is worth more than its actual current value. As a matter of fact, oftentimes they will have developers come in and offer them to deals to develop the land based upon future taxes that will be generated. Those prospective taxes called TIF. TIF is tax increment funding. It is the projections of what the earnings will be once it is redeveloped. So they invest the future earnings into the current state. I know that it would come here to give a property. <laughs> but you need to understand these things because these are some of the things that are kind of happening around you as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so while the property, I'll get to the text. You'll see how it applies. So while the property may look like nothing, it's already been excess of value for the future. Are you with me on that? Even in, so because of the tax increment, the TIF, it's already being projected down. Even though it looks desolate, even though it looks bad, it's already been assessed a future value. So somebody's looking at it and saying the worth of it. Even when it looks bad, decayed, even when it looks like it has no real value, somebody is already looking at the value down the road. Yeah. Now are you with me? Yeah. So the property is worth more than its current value in somebody's eyes. Yeah. As the old saying goes, one man's trash can be another man's treasure. <laughs> Allow me to simply submit to you this morning that oftentimes we need to be able to see treasure even when things look trash. Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can I go here real, just real quick for a moment? Because sometimes in life, your life can look trashy. Mm -hmm. God, see, I, I, can I get a witness? Yeah, all right. But allow me to really say that there's still treasure even when your life moves to a point where it looks trashy. <laughs> so therefore, you have to be careful about what you throw at the trash because it might just be your treasure. <laughs> uh, because everything that looks trashy should not be trashed. Oh God, I wish I just had two people in here to praise God with me. <laughs> We have trashy moments, but it doesn't mean 
that we throw things in the because it still very well can still have what a lot of value. Life can bring you through some difficult, difficult times and trashy moments where it just seems bad, but understand there's future value inside of you waiting to come forth. You have dreams <laughs> that should not be trashed. <laughs> just because there's some things that have worked against those dreams, you still have Dreams that should not be thrown away. Look, I don't care how old you get. You, there's certain dreams you should never what throw away. There's some hopes <laughs> that should not be trashed. <laughs> there, there, there are plans that should never be trashed. Your life should never be thrown in the trash just because of the way things look. I don't know who I'm preaching to right now. <laughs> just because it looks bad, that doesn't mean that you throw it away. Just because it looks impossible, doesn't mean that you chuck your plans, your dreams, your hopes away. <laughs> Somebody say, ouch. 
We, we love to see, but this, this journey with God, if you figured out how to get God to show you every single thing, everything planned out, I need your secret, I need to understand, I need to get closer to you. Because what I have figured out is that God gives you very little. Watch this. But expects a whole lot. <laughs> he wants you to operate what on very little. <laughs> very little. He told Abraham what? Leave your land, your family, everything. I'm gonna give you this land that's look, look, this promised land of milk and honey. I'm gonna give you all of this. I'm gonna I'm gonna make you a nation. I'm gonna do all of this stuff. So, so, if all the, if 
everything makes sense sometimes. At least for me, I, I have to question. It always makes sense to me. And I'm wondering whether or not it's, if, if God is in there. Because there ought to be some fables that just absolutely don't make any sense at all to me. And that's where I know I need who? God. Faith can be messy in, in our eyes. It can be smelly. Faith is believing that if I change, watch this. Faith is believing that if, but I want you, I want you to get this. Faith is believing that if I change my spending habits, I want to make it plain and real for you. If I change, faith is believing that if I change my spending habits, my credit will actually get better. Don't miss that. Because see, some of us will just say, well, you know what, God, faith, faith is what? Faith is you just believing that you're going to get the car. You're going to get the house. But you don't have to do nothing at all. <laughs> no, faith is believing that if I, if I work that, watch this, that, that faith is believing that if your credit score is 300, Starts 
rolling for that cobbler, that blackberry, that apple, that apple crumb, Dutch apple crumb, that blueberry muffin. My body at nine, ten o'clock, it just, mmm. It's a habit. And watch this. It, it starts, see, here's the thing. My body will call for it knowing I don't even really need it. So there's certain habits that we develop. And so, but faith says, watch this, that I can break that and do something different. Watch this. Faith says that my habit is not bigger than my faith. God always said Faith declares that, you know what? No greater is he that is in me. That's what faith declares. It declares some things in my life that these things are not stronger than me, that what's on the inside of me is stronger than it. That's what faith declares. Faith is believing that if I exercise and change my diet, my blood sugar will get right. Oh, don't, don't go there, Pastor. Don't go there, Pastor. Pastor, you you get real messy this morning now. Oh. If I eat right, <laughs> exercise, and listen to the doctor for a change, my blood sugar just might regulate. Mm. Faith is, is, is doing it even though it's hard for me to exercise. Faith says I'm going to get up and I'm going to exercise anyway even though I don't want to. Faith says I don't want to eat that nasty food, but I know it's good for me. And just like I created the habit to like all of that other stuff, I can create the habit to like it too. You know, when I switched from sugar to sweeteners, or when I switched from milk to uh, drinking uh, soy milk, I thought that soy milk was, and I love milk. I thought that was the nastiest stuff in the world. The first time I I took a sip, I was like, oh, man. But after a while, you know what? I acquired a taste, and it was fine. How many beer drink drinkers in the house today? Beer drinkers? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to get it. <laughs> <laughs>
couldn't do my God see anyway. Amen. <laughs> I'm not one of those that believe that the Bible says that you can't drink at all. I ain't But when you first started drinking beer, you, you come on now. That was the nastiest taste of stuff. Come on now. It's not like when you had your first beer, you just said, Woo, I just love it. Tell me that. <laughs> Come on now. When you were hanging with your boys, you got a home cold of your mama and your daddy's fast. Come on, y'all know. Come on, let's keep it real. And you decided y'all was gonna drink that beer. You can't tell me you were drinking it because your boy was drinking, but both of y'all looking like <laughs> But it became one of an acquired faith. So there's shifts that we can make that are not easy, but our faith was brewing on the inside of us. We got something on the inside of us that's given us the strength to get through the challenging things that we encounter. Faith is believing in your recovery, even when your rehab is hurting you. Faith is making the personal investment. God essentially tells Jeremiah to make, in a real sense, God is asking Jeremiah to make a faith investment. I want you to see that in the text. God instructs Jeremiah to purchase land that for all practical purposes is worthless. They are under siege. It's already under siege. And so when God tells and instructs Jeremiah to purchase land, he's asking him to purchase land that really in a real sense at that particular moment has lost considerable value. It didn't make sense, y'all. They're under attack. They're losing. It's going to happen. And not only that, we know that then it's going to be in this state for 70 years. Yeah. Yeah. And yet God tells him, you know what, make this purchase. Yeah. I know when we read the Bible, we think, oh, and you know, because we know the story. We know how it ends. We know how it goes. So we read it thinking, oh, no big deal. No, it was a big deal. Mm -hmm. How many times God has come to you and asked you to buy land that's worth it? Let me make a point. So how many times God has come to you and asked you to do something that didn't make any sense whatsoever? Um, that's, that's what's going on here. I want you to see this. See, I need you to get this. God didn't... I'm jumping ahead of myself, but that's okay. God tells Jeremiah to buy the land Yes, God instructs him to do that. He gets that. But watch this. But God expects him to use his own money. <laughs> Don't miss that, y'all. <laughs> Don't miss that. 
It wasn't like God poured down some dollars from heaven and said, okay, now you got I'm giving you directly. No, 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 no. God just tells him what? Go buy this land. In other words, I need you to buy it with your resources. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute, God. Let me do math on this. Uh, you, you want me to take, let me, let, let, let's talk about this, God. You want me to take my money. Yeah, I know you blessed me with it anyway, but it's still right now. I said, my hands is my money right now. So, you want me to take my money. You do know that this place is being sieged and this land ain't worth nothing. I don't know about that, God. Can I, can I, can I invest over here? Because that investment don't look good. That's not a good investment, God. I just need you to know, you, you, you know, God, they, they're under attack. That's, so you want to take my money and invest it right now. Faith is what messy. Faith doesn't make sense. And that's what God is asking Jeremiah to do at this point. It was an investment. The city was under siege, but Jeremiah was making a purchase for, not for the present moment. He was making a purchase for the future. It was an investment. Are you making decisions? Watch this. Are you making decisions right now that will be a blessing to you in the future? What decisions are you making right now that will be a blessing for you in your future? That, that's, that's, that's what this was about. To be blessed indeed, you have to make decisions, the right decisions in your deeds. That means everything can't be for right now. We got to stop living life just for the moment, just for right now. All decisions in life can't be for right now. We sometimes have to, we have too much of a mentality of right now. Right now. This was not a right now thing. It was a present decision for a future blessing. So God tells Jeremiah, purchase this land from your uncle.
but it was still theirs. So that's why he's telling Jeremiah, buy into it because you know what? It still belongs. It's still theirs. They were still blessed indeed. But their blessings, their blessings had not been lining up with God. I mean, their, the things that they were, their deeds had not been lining up with God. So God had to separate them. Their treasure would be stored away until they could appreciate it. God was sealing their blessings. He was sealing their blessings. For later, that's why he tells Jeremiah to seal the deed in a safe place. So by their deeds, his deed would be released. When they could get it right, God would release it back unto them. Isn't that the same with us? Isn't it the same? Can you see the parallel in this story? Matter of fact, even when we look at Jesus on the cross over 2,000 years ago, Jesus purchased the deed over sin, over, over an oblique situation. It looked devastating. It looked bad over sin and death. Death and sin were pervasive, but his blood was shedding on the cross, and now we have what access to what God has promised for us. And by our faith, his deed, or what has been deeded, his deed of salvation is released to us by faith. Faith releases us to the experience of being blessed indeed. Jeremiah had to make a faith moment in order for that faith to be released and in order for him to be blessed in the future. Jeremiah had to do something. You can't be blessed by God without making some faith moves in God. I'm getting ready to wrap up. You can't be blessed by God without be, without making some faith moves in God. Jeremiah has to take his money once again. It's his faith move. That's number one. It's faith. You can't be blessed by God without making some faith moves in God. Our faith has to make an investment in what God is doing. Your faith has to make an investment. Which leads me to my second thing. Second thing. Look, we have to be willing to operate in obedience under obstruction. That no matter what happens, you know, no matter what's going on around me. That even when there are hindrances, even when it doesn't really make any sense. Look, obedience is always better than sacrifice. What you give up, watch this, what you give up should never be greater than what you will gain. <laughs> Jeremiah had to give up some money, but his gain was going to be a whole lot greater. <laughs> he had to sacrifice something in order to what? Gain something. And so, <laughs> obedience is always what? Better than sacrifice. It doesn't matter.
Obedience is always better than certain there's a blessing for you, but it will come through your obedience. So we have to operate in obedience, even under obstruction. We still have to be obedient to God no matter what. In order to be blessed indeed, you have to be obedient even when there's obstruction around you. Even when there's a siege on your life, can you still be obedient to God? Finally, we have to be willing to use what we have in order to get it what God has for us. Let me say that again. That we have to use what we have in order to get what God has for us. Jeremiah used his resources to invest in what God would present to him later. So, how are we using our gifts? We have to be willing to use what we have if we expect, if you want to be blessed in deed, you've got to take your deeds, your deeds and the things that you have, you've got to use for the kingdom. Uh, I was watching Sunday Best. Uh, it comes on BET uh, this past week. And Anthony Hamilton was on the show, was a guest on the show. And he, and one of the singers, she was singing. And afterwards, Anthony Hamilton said, Man, you sound, he's like, I maybe sound a, a little bit, paraphrasing a little bit, but he said, You sound expensive. I had to think about that for a moment. And I, I think even the other judges had to think about it for a moment. But then they chimed in and agreed. They were like, hmm, that was deep. He said, you sound expensive. And so here's a contestant. She's, she's being judged by successful artists. And here's a successful artist who's listening to her who says, you know what? You sound expensive. Now, she hasn't what? I would, I would assume she's on that show trying to make it. She hasn't made you know, right. to that level yet. You know, she, it was just, he's looking at and making an assessment based upon her what? Her potential. And so, when he, when he speaks over her and in her is that that thing you have inside of you has a whole lot of value. Now watch this. The, the, the worst of it hasn't fully manifested in itself at this point. But you sound expensive. Your gift, watch this. Your gift is expensive. <laughs> Everything, you haven't reaped all the benefits of it. But what's on the inside of your voice has a particular future value to net you something I, I know you don't see the rewards of it right now, but that thing on the inside of you is expensive. Yeah. That thing on the inside of you is worth something. Yeah. That, that thing that's 
operating in you can make you a whole lot of money. So you sound expensive. Watch this, watch this. The thing on the inside of you, church, watch this. The Bible says that we've all been given a measure of faith. Everybody has been given a measure of faith. Watch this. This is what I love. Bible also says that faith the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain, mama. So watch this. So what that tells me is that it doesn't take much. But watch this. So watch this. If I've been given a measure of faith, if God gave me, that's what my gift. So watch it. We've all been given, so that tells me that we've all been given what? Faith. Every one of us has been given what? A measure of faith according to the Bible. So watch this, watch this. You've got something expensive operating on the inside of you. That's of value operating on this inside of you. Fear might come, but you still have faith. You've got, you know, some doubt might come, but you still have faith. You've got something expensive that's able to achieve some things in your life that you can't achieve by yourself. Even when those your enemies come, 
It's your faith that will begin to fight your battles. <laughs> It's not me, but it's the faith that the, the gift on the inside of me. Because my faith what makes room for me. Even when things are supposed to be close to me, are supposed to be off limits for me, my faith can still open up doors that are not supposed to be open. My faith will also make a way out of no way. My faith has to what? Make room. Oh, my God. 